Hey, this is Todd and Julie Mullen, senior pastors here at Christ Fellowship Church in South Florida. Whether you're across the street or across the world, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy week to join for this message. We hope that it encourages you and inspires you to get more out of life. Church, we are wrapping up our series on the extreme life. And we've learned a couple things during this series. We've learned that God wants you to live an extreme life. He doesn't want you to live in an ordinary, boring, holding on for life kind of life. He wants you to live in a life that is filled with power, that is filled with his power, passion, purpose, destiny, man, filled with the person of the Holy Spirit. We've also learned that for a lot of Christians, uh, they believe in the existence of the Holy Spirit, but they avoid an experience with the Holy Spirit. Like some people have heard of him, but they don't realize they can actually hear from him every day. That he is the whisper of God, the the voice of heaven to guide our lives, to direct us, to to fill us with his presence and wisdom and knowledge and so much more that he has for us. And what we've learned as we've started this series about the Holy Spirit is that wherever you are on your spiritual journey, God actually has so much more for you. Yeah, you know, as we were preparing this message, I was thinking back at a time when our son Jefferson was about four, five, and six years old, because this was a season of time. And um, as, as an only child, we had so much that we wanted to pour on to Jefferson, right? We wanted to give him so much, but every single time Christmas or his birthday would come around, for some reason he got it into his head that he could only ask for one thing. And we're like, Jefferson, what do you want? He's like, one year he was like, I want Rock'em Sock'em Robots, right? So this is all he this is, asked for. This is the actual Rock'em Sock'em Robot that he asked for. I saved it because I was like, yeah. I, I worked yep. hard to find this thing. And there he goes. Yep, there he goes. So one you. year, right? Yeah. So one year, he asked for this $5 video game from the, the bargain bin at Target. Another time he asked for Mad Libs. And, and we're thinking, Jefferson, there's so much more, you know, that we want to give you. Yeah. We, yeah I, we, was, I was wanting to get him like, a, I don't know, a trampoline. Uh, or a golf cart that we could drive around our neighborhood because we don't live in a golf community. We live in a golf cart community where we, yeah. everybody's got a golf cart. So I thought that would be fun, but he said, no, just a, a monkey ball game would yeah. be fine. And we had so much, but, but you know, I, I think about that season of time and there was this huge gap between what we wanted to give him and what he was asking for. Yeah. And you know, when I was thinking about this series about the Holy Spirit, the reason this series is so important is because for so many believers, they're living in a gap like Jefferson. They're living in this gap between all that God wants to give them in this extreme full of the spirit life and what they're living out in their daily lives. See, there's so many people that have no idea what it's even like to live a life full of his purposes. What it's like to live a life that, that your potential is being fulfilled. And if there was one thing that that we would want you to walk away with in this series, and we would want you to know coming out of this series, is that God and the Holy Spirit wants to give you so much more than what you're asking for. He wants to give you so much more than what you're even asking for, because he is a God that does exceedingly abundantly above what we could ask for, right? He wants to give you this power, this power so so that you can overcome the pain in your past. He wants to give you his presence so you can have understanding and wisdom to to navigate the challenges that, that come along in life. He wants to give you a strength 
his strength so that, so that you can accomplish so much more than you could ever accomplish on your own. So his presence, his power, his strength, those are things that he promises all of us. But today, this message is gonna get a little more personal because today is about what the Holy Spirit wants to do specifically for you. Right. What he wants to do for you, what he wants to do in you, but most specifically, some things that he wants to give you. Right. See, in Ephesians chapter five, it says that, that you are a masterpiece, right? right? You are a, ma I'm sorry? Ephesians two. Oh, I'm sorry, Ephesians two. That you are a masterpiece and that you are masterfully created in the image of God to do great works that he's actually prepared for you. And in Romans 12, six, it says this, it says, in his grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. See, what that means is that he has given each of you specific, unique abilities that he has placed within you. And you've probably heard of these. They're called the spiritual gifts or the gifts of the spirit. And there's, there's a lot of conversation and confusion around the gifts of the spirit. And in some circles, you know, these gifts are, are, are de-emphasized because some people believe that these aren't gifts that should be in operation today. And others, there's certain gifts that are overemphasized. And people will say that this particular gift is the way that everyone's going to know if you are filled with the Spirit. And what we, what we want to say today is that, that, that as, as much controversy and confusion there is around the gifts sometimes, it could be easy to stay away from a teaching like this. But we don't want you to settle for rock'em, sock'em robots. Because the Holy Spirit has so much more. He has more than what you're asking for. That's right, that's right, babe. And as we jump in today, we know that some of you are new to Christ Fellowship. And so you're trying to figure out what kind of church are we? And I'll meet some pastors from different parts of the country and they know we're a non-denominational church. And they're like, so are you a spirit-filled church? I'm like, yeah. They're like, so does that mean you're full gospel? And I'm like, well, we're not half gospel. You know, like we don't just believe half of it. We believe this thing cover to cover, including the maps, anointed by God, right? Yeah. So that means you're spirit-empowered. Yeah, we better be a spirit-empowered church. We right. better not try to do this in our own strength and our own, own power, right? So, so you believe in all the gifts of the Spirit. Yeah, if they're in this book, we believe in them, right? And they're in operation in, in our church. So, so does that mean we're a charismatic church, Todd? Good question. And to answer that question, you really have to understand what that word charismatic means. It's taken from the Greek word charisma, which is two words, charis, which means grace, and ma, which means gift. So charisma means the gift of grace. Do we believe in the gift of grace? Absolutely. We're a charismatic church, and we believe in the giver who gives gifts to us, not according to what we deserve, but according to the grace that God has for us. And so this passage of scripture we're gonna look at in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, where the apostle Paul begins to unpack the gifts of the spirit. The word gift there is that word yeah. charisma. So if you have your Bibles, open up to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. We're gonna begin reading there. And it says this, at the beginning of chapter 12, it says, now about the gifts of the spirit, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be uninformed. And I think we're sitting here today and we are kind of like Paul. We don't want you right. to be uninformed. And why not? Because uninformed people miss out. Yeah. 
Yeah. Don't you hate it when you miss out on something just because you didn't know about it? Right. Like that, that party that all your friends went to right. and, and you're like, hey, I missed out. That's well, because I didn't you know, open up the, the, the mail, that, yeah, that stack of mail that was there that week, right? And then the, the rocket launch. I was so bummed that I missed that rocket launch that went off last week. I didn't know. I would have loved to have seen that, but I missed out. See, when I think back at Jefferson in those early years, he, com- he, he completely missed out because he did not have any knowledge of how much capacity that we had. He didn't know how much capacity we had, and he didn't even know what what his other friends were asking for for Christmas that was way more than what he was asking for. What Paul is saying here is that he doesn't want you to miss out, just like we didn't want Jefferson to miss out. Right, that's good. Don't be uninformed. We don't want you to be uninformed. Paul goes on to say there are different kinds of gifts. Again, that word is charisma, but the same spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of services, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them, and in each one of them is the same God at work. Now to each one, the manifestation, or um, manifestation just means the spirits made known of the spirit is given for the common good. To one there is given wisdom, to another knowledge, to another faith, to another gifts of healing, to other miraculous powers, to other prophecy, to others distinguishing between the spirits, to another speaking in different kinds of tongues and still to another the interpretation of tongues. And all of these are the work of the one and same spirit. And he distributes them to each one just as he determines or knows best. So this book in Corinthians is actually a letter that the apostle Paul wrote to the church in a town called Corinth. And he is addressing specific issues and problems that they had sent questions to him to respond to. And we don't know all the questions they asked and we don't know all the background about the problems, but scholars believe that Paul's writing was really to clear up some confusion and some division in the church surrounding the spiritual gifts. Because as Julie said, some people started to think that certain gifts were more spiritual. And if you had that gift or that gift, then wow, you, yeah. you must be really special to God. Yeah. And God really likes you better. But that yeah, wasn't the case. That's, that's not the case. And you might be sitting here today and you might be thinking that, that the gift that, that we have, because we're up here preaching the word and, and leading the church, that you might think that our gift is like this big gift, right? You're thinking that their gift is so much more important than, than my gift. But what I want you to hear is that, that the Holy Spirit gives these gifts to all of us, and our gift is no more important than your gift, right? Our gift is like this little gift, but it takes all of our gifts working together to accomplish the mission that, that the, of the church that God has given us to accomplish together. Right. See, we may think that, it's, that one gift is more important than the other, but what I want you to hear today is that if you have put your faith in Jesus Christ, you are gifted. You are so gifted. You may not feel gifted. You may not even know what that gift is, but he has placed a gift within you and it is valuable, it is important, and it is mission critical, and it is just as important as any gift that we have. So look at this definition of the the spiritual gift. This is a, a definition of what a spiritual gift actually is. It's a special supernatural ability given by the Holy Spirit to individual Christ followers that allows the Holy Spirit to work through their lives to help the church fulfill its mission on the earth. And this whole passage in Corinthians reminds us that, that all of these gifts are given and when they're all working 
in tandem together. It's, it, we have everything we need as a church to function yes. and to flourish. Good. So we don't have to have time to unpack all of the spiritual gifts, but we wanted to go through a few of these that Todd just read about. You know, the first gift that he read about was, was this gift of, of wisdom. The gift of wisdom, and, and that's when someone has this, this supernatural ability to, to face a circumstance and just know by the Spirit of God, not because of experience that they've had, by the Spirit of God to know how to navigate through that. Yes. And we need the gift of wisdom. I know, Todd, your mom has yes. this gift yes, of does. wisdom. Yes. Um, I can't tell you how many times people come to me and say, you know what, I was having a problem, Miss Donna prayed for me 20 yes. years ago, and it was just the word I needed, and I'm still holding on to it today. That's the gift of wisdom right. that is still living and breathing in them today. And so we need the gift of wisdom. There's also the gift of knowledge and insight. And this could be an insight, a, a, an in-depth insight to the Word of God, but you might have heard of, of something called words of knowledge. And this is when God gives a specific word that actually reinforces the Word over a specific situation so that someone else can be built up. And I remember a time when I was praying here at the altar and I was praying for a 16-year-old girl and she was weeping because she was just suffering in the pain of her parents' divorce and all the aftermath of that. And, and I just wanted to put my arms around her and in my heart, all I wanted to say was her, to her was, you know what, this is gonna be a long journey. You know, there's, you don't need to rush this. But instantly when the words begin to come out of my mouth, I can't explain it. But I felt God's spirit say to me, don't say that. She does not need your words. She needs the word. Yeah. And so in that moment, I, I, I looked down at her hands and I saw what, I, what looked like handcuffs. And what the Holy Spirit wanted me to share with her was that if she would need to release the unforgiveness, that these, uh, the unforgiveness she was holding was, was like handcuffs, keeping her from the future that God had for her. And if she didn't release it now, that she may not be able to step into all he has for her. And in that moment when I shared that with her, she broke down and cried, released that, and it was, it was a moment that I know that God spoke. It doesn't happen often for me, but it's a gift that we need in the body. Yeah, and also in that big gift box yes. is the gift of, of faith. Now, when each of you come to faith in Jesus, you are given a, a measure of faith. Yeah. But then there is the gift of faith, which yeah. is beyond that. The yeah. gift of faith is so that you can believe God yeah. for impossible things. Yeah, you actually, Todd, I know you have this gift. Because I remember several years back um, when, the, when, when the, the economy was really on a downturn and it was an election year and there was a lot of upheaval and, and a lot of people were telling you that we shouldn't do something that you knew that we should do. And that was when we were looking at the Dillard store down at Boynton Beach. Hey, Boynton Beach. Yeah. Doing. Hey, we we were we were praying over that thing, and I remember when our elders came together and got together in the shoe department, and uh, we prayed, and God showed up in the shoe department and gave us together this gift of faith to believe that God wanted to take that space and make it a holy place for people to encounter God and that he would supernaturally provide the money that we did not need to worry about it. He was going to open doors that we could not open and he would go before us. And we walked out of there that night with this understanding, with this gift of faith stirring in us. And now you can't even count the number of people that have walked through the doors of that old dealer store and have found Jesus and their life has been turned around. Amen. So for you, the gift of faith might be to trust God in an area he's been talking to you about that you're like, well, I don't know how to do that. 
I'm not sure how that could work out, but you know he's telling you to do it. You say, I want that gift of faith so I can move forward. And maybe it's to adopt that child that you've been praying about adopting. It's time. You know, there's a child in need. Maybe it's maybe to start that business. And you've been thinking, now's the worst time to start the business. But you sense the Holy Spirit saying, I'm with you in this. Go. It's, it's, it's time. I'm breathing on it. Or you're believing for God to restore that relationship or your family beyond all obstacles. The gift of faith helps you to trust God and hold on. Uh, He talks here about the gift of healing and miracles. Can I tell you that we still believe that God heals bodies and performs miracles? He hasn't changed. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He is Jehovah Rapha, the God who heals and who is healing. And oftentimes he wants to heal and perform miracles through his people. People that are filled with the Holy Spirit people that are operating in the gifts of the Holy Spirit, people that have the gift of healing. Now, that doesn't mean that they have the power to heal. That's all in, in God. He's the healer, but he works through his people. And so he, he, he works through the, the gifts inside of them to bring healing to bodies and to people. And so to, we've seen people all at our churches being healed physically by the powerful work of God working through his people. And then he mentions here the gift of prophecy which is simply just speaking on behalf of God, speaking the word of God over a situation or over a problem or over your life. It's, and actually, if you read on in chapter 14, Paul says the gift of prophecy is really one of the greatest, yeah. the greatest gift, right? And then he gets in this section down to the, to the one that gets so many people turned sideways, yeah. the gift of tongues. Now, now think about it. It's, it's, it's funny that when we talk about the gift of wisdom, we're all like, oh, yes, we need wisdom. Yes, God gave me wisdom to face that situation. We're like, oh, good, okay. Or we're like, the gift of faith. You know, that's good, man. We all need to have faith. Gotta have faith, faith, faith. I mean, we all need faith, right? You know, we're healing. Yes, however, Lord, you wanna heal. I don't understand it, but the gift of healing, use it to heal my child or heal my marriage, whatever. And then you get to the gift of tongues and people are like, well, I don't know about that one, Pastor Todd. <laughs> All that jibber jabber. <laughs> I don't know what that means. That sounds like nonsense to me. What does that have to do with the Holy Spirit? But Paul actually spends a lot of time talking yeah. about this one gift. In fact, scholars believe that the gift of tongues is actually a big part of why yeah. Paul was addressing this letter in the church. Yeah, yeah at it, was, it was a big part of it because a lot of people thought it was the biggest gift, right? But in the New Testament, we see the gift of tongues show up a couple of different places. And the first place we see this show up is in, in Acts chapter 2. In Acts chapter 2, what we see on the day of Pentecost is that all the believers were in the upper room. The Holy Spirit descended on the place and filled everyone in that room with his presence. They went out on the street and they began to proclaim yeah. the gospel of Jesus Christ. And 3,000 came to faith that day. But when they were proclaiming the message, people that were in there that had come from all over the world to come to Jerusalem for, the, um, for Pentecost. And so while they were there, they, and, and they began to hear this message, they actually were hearing the message in their native tongue. So the disciples yep. were speaking, but they were hearing it specifically in their native tongue. And this was the first place that we see the gift of tongues. And what scholars would call that, what theologians would call that, because it declared the message of Jesus Christ, they call that the missional gift of tongues. But in the, a little bit further in Acts, in some of the other epistles, we see a personal gift of tongues. And what we see here is that, that throughout the book of Acts, and what Paul is actually referencing in the scripture that Todd just said, and in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, a very common scripture, um, this is what he's referring to when he says, if I speak with tongues in the tongues of men and angels, but I don't have love, I'm only a resounding gong or clanging cymbal. And then 
another time in chapter 14, he gives instruction to the church at Corinth about the gift of tongues and tells them, hey guys, listen, you know, if, if you're praying in tongues, which is a language that only God can understand, and someone comes in that is an unbeliever, they might get a little bit confused, so we want to keep this thing under control, okay? And so that's actually my translation. That's not exactly what it says. But, but this is what he was saying. He gives instruction to the gifts, to, to how to use the gift of tongues. And what was happening sometimes is that, that the people in Corinth thought this was the biggest gift. And what Paul was saying is this, this isn't, he's, this isn't the biggest gift. It's actually one of the least of the gifts, yeah. right? And they were saying that this gift is, is the evidence that you've been filled with the Holy Spirit. And some people would say that today. But what, what scripture says is that you're not to elevate this gift. Right. It's just one, one of the gifts. The most important gift is prophecy because that's actually speaking on God's behalf. And I find it really interesting that even though it's the least of the gifts, it actually gets the most attention and it causes the most confusion. Yeah. And I really believe the reason for this is because, you know, this, this gift of tongues is really an intimate prayer language. And the enemy will do whatever he can to keep us from having an intimate, personal relationship with the Holy Spirit. Yeah, that is such a good insight right there. It is, it's, it's for this intimate relationship, which is why the enemies cause so much confusion around it. But the point of Paul's passage here is that we don't want you to miss out on the spiritual gifts because you will end up being spiritually weak. You'll be spiritually powerless to be able to, to do what you're called to do and to be who you're called to be. That's why Paul starts this memory. He says, I don't want you to be uninformed about the spiritual gifts. Can I tell you, there have been times in my life where I have been uninformed of the spiritual gifts. And I, and I tried to, to do this thing and, and live this Christian life and walk this walk without the gifts of the Spirit and the power of the Spirit. I was relying on my own wisdom, my own knowledge, which didn't take me very far or my own power, willpower. Can I tell you, you don't need more willpower. You need Holy Spirit power in your life. Holy Spirit power is what's gonna carry you through everything we're supposed to do. Yeah, and there's a couple other places where Paul talks about spiritual gifts, and he talks about it again in the book of Romans. If you look back at the verse that Todd, um, that we shared at the beginning, that, um, that in, this, in his grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things. And again, this word gifts is translated charisma a gift of grace. And he's talking about here, he goes on to list in, in Romans 12, the gift of serving and the gift of leading, the gift of encouraging and giving, the gifts of hospitality. And some of these can, can feel like natural talents, right? They can feel like natural abilities. It's, it's kind of like what you've been graced to do. Yeah. You know, some people just have the gift of hospitality. They love people, having people in their home. It's what they've been graced to do. Some people have been graced to care for people and to show them mercy. Some are, are graced to lead and organize. But, but this is the difference between a, a natural ability and a spiritual gift. See, when it's a spiritual gift, the Holy Spirit, the breath of God. Todd, you talked about this when you talked about the Ruach. The breath of God breathes on that gift. Yes. He breathes on that gift and it becomes, it, it, it not only is something that you keep to yourself, but it actually that, that gift begins to impact others. The breath of God becomes the difference maker. It becomes the multiplier and it, become, it, it propels your gift into impacting others. Yeah, you know, as you're saying that, I'm thinking about our neighbors, yeah. David and Marla, that have the gift of hospitality. They have a natural inclination yeah. already for hospitality. But then when the spirit of God breathes on that, on that gift of hospitality and caring for people, 
people. It does more than just a good meal. And she can cook a good meal and yeah, he can right? grill a good yeah. steak. But, but the spirit of God breathes on it and you actually leave and your soul is refreshed and your spirit is built up. It does so much more because it's breathed on by the spirit of God. That's what Paul's talking about here. Look again at the verse in 1 Corinthians 12, 7. Verse 7 there in the middle of that text I read. He says, to each one, the manifestation of the spirit is given Say that last part with me, for the common good. Okay, so two truths that we see in that one verse. Everyone who is a follower of Jesus has at least one gift of the Spirit because it says each one will have a manifestation of the Spirit. Now, you, so you at least have one spiritual gift. You might have several spiritual gifts, but you've guaranteed to have one. But look at the second thing it says, for the common good. Can I tell you that the gifts are given to you but they're not just for you. This is an important truth. These gifts of the Spirit of God, they're given to you, but they're not just for you. They are given so that the body of Christ can be built up and strong and ready to be used in the world. Yeah, you know, we see this happening every week, and we tell you guys stories about this, but, you know, I think about Gail up at our Stewart campus, and, and Rebecca, the children's director there, was telling me about Gail. She's a volunteer. She has been in our children's ministry back when Stewart campus was meeting in Martin County High School over 10 years ago, faithful week after week, exercising her gift of teaching and her gift of serving. And I can't even imagine the hundreds of parents that have heard the gospel message, that have received healing because of what Gail does. And I was talking to someone this week, and and Lewis, who is our young adults pastor up in in, in the northern region, she actually was his teacher when when he was in children's ministry. So now the seed that she planted in Lewis's life is increasing in our young adults. And I can't imagine how many young adults are mobilized. And Gail, she's a part of it. I think about Jen at our gardens campus, and Jen is in our student ministry ministries and and she has the gift of leadership. She leads in the marketplace, which is absolutely amazing, but she comes here and uses her gifts. She's a, a John yeah. Maxwell leadership coach, but she's she's developing and equipping leaders of leaders. I can't imagine the students, the thousands of students that are going to be impacted because they were led by her leadership that are going to be impacted and carry the Spirit yep. of God into their schools because of what Jen does. And I think about Ray yeah. up at Port St. Lucie, Ray, Ray, Port St. Yeah. Lucie, that goes into the prisons and shares with those men the gospel of Jesus Christ every week. And uh, Ray, we can't go up to the prisons every week, but you're there, so we as the church are there. This is why it's so important that yeah. we're all working together with the gifts that God's yeah. given each yeah. of us. And this is why we don't want you to be uninformed because we don't want you to miss out on yeah. the blessing that God has for you. That's why we have something here called The Journey. And it's a, it's a class that we have at all of our campuses. It's starting next weekend, a little shameless plug here, but it's important because it's gonna help you to step into the gifting and the calling. If you don't know what your gifts are, we're gonna help you discover that along the way. But I think it's also important to know when and where we receive the gifts of the Spirit. Because yeah. I don't, again, I don't want you to be uninformed. And I think it's important to, to kind of go back to the foundation. And this is so important because what I would want you to know is that, that the most important gift that we would ever receive is a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And at that moment that we receive that gift, right. he not only gives us the promise of eternal life, but he deposits his Holy Spirit within us so that we can have a full, abundant life here on earth. And he begins, even though we might not feel any different the moment we make that decision, he begins to, to help lead us and guide us and, and, and encourage us and, and, and tell us, you know, maybe stop us when we say, when we're getting ready to say the wrong thing 
thing. But because the Holy Spirit wants us to, to know and discover everything he has for us, he also, he places the Spirit in us and he gives us access to the Holy Spirit. He gives us daily access. Todd, you've been talking about this um, all throughout the message that in Ephesians 5.18, it says, don't be drunk with wine because that will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. That's an ongoing filling of the Spirit. So when you pray, come Holy Spirit, fill me, then he does that. And, and as you begin to walk with him, you're gonna begin to discover along the way the gifts that God puts in you, and then there might be some more gifts he has for you on the way. I don't even, I, I didn't even know that I ever had the gift of teaching until I showed up and started teaching third grade Sunday school class, and my student pastor said, hey, you've got the gift of teaching, and I didn't even know, but so as you, as you daily ask him to fill you, and you walk faithfully, he begins to reveal this to you. But there's a third way, and this is what we see in Scripture. This is, this is what, what we can see in Scripture, salvation, eternal life. We have access to Him. But the third thing that we see in Scripture is that there are times that, that, that we have these encounters with the Holy Spirit where you're actually baptized, immersed in the Holy Spirit. Right. Like Peter, when he was immersed in the Spirit in the upper room and he had this boldness when he right. went out and declared this message. And so he was different. He was a different person, and this doesn't happen every single day, and I don't even think I can explain it because part of this is really the mystery of God. Right. He, he is the gift giver, and it says that he decides who and what gifts will be given. And so this also you know, this just helps us to know that, that, that he is the one that is the gift giver, and we can't you know, muster it up and manipulate it. And I think the best way to describe it maybe is just to share a little bit of my own story. See, I, I grew up in a, in a traditional church, and when I became a Christian, it was, I, I got saved in a more conservative church, and, and my relationship with the Holy Spirit is kind of like this, you know, come close, but not too close, right? Kind of like, come close, but not too close. I mean, I want you to, I, I, I want, I don't really want to give you all control. I kind of want to control where and what you do. And so, and I, I think part of that was because I saw some things on TV that seemed weird and I, I saw some of the gifts being abused. And, and so I really didn't have this hunger for the spirit of God. And I remember about five years ago that I got to a point where I was having some incredible challenges. Part of it had to do with, with the challenge of just of what God's called us to do. Not even sure if, if I had what it took you know, to do what God's called us to do. Part of it was challenges. My family, I was facing a lot of insecurities, but I was in a desperate place. And I knew I needed more than what I had. And so for the very first time, I, I prayed, Holy Spirit, I am desperate. I need more than what I have. I need a power that I do not possess. And I remember just kneeling on the floor and just crying out to God and saying, I don't think I'm gonna make it on my own anymore. And so for the very first time, I, I, I said, Holy Spirit, whatever you wanna do, I give you full access. And I can't even explain what exactly happened, but it was like this warmth came over me. And, and it was a sense that he was with me and he gave me a gift in that moment. And then he also empowered and breathed on a gift that I already had. Yep. And I, I came up different yes. than I went down yep. on my knees. Yep. And I don't even, I can't explain it. It was a mystery. And to be honest with you, I've been desperate before. I have prayed many times before and that did not happen. But for some reason on that day yep. that, that, 
I was immersed in his spirit. And then there was, there was times when, you know, when back in 2020, February 2020, when we had our leadership conference here, our church conference, and, and John Maxwell was here, and, and he prayed. He said, all the pastors, stand to your feet if you want the gift of leadership. Pastors stood all over the room. We didn't even know that a month from there, from that time, that the pandemic would hit. And I've had so many pastors tell me that, that I don't know what I would have done yes. if I had not had that gift that I received in that place. Yeah, and this right. is what I want you to hear. I don't understand it all. I don't know why God chooses to move, but this is what I know. There's two things that I see throughout scripture and, and I've experienced myself is that the more desperate I am, the more he pours out. Yeah. The more desperate I am, the more he pours out. And again, he doesn't always pour out in the same way, but he's always faithful to pour out. I can only count on one hand the times I've had those experiences in 40 years. And the second thing that I know is that the more the, the more times I place myself in the place where the Holy Spirit is moving and free to move, yes. the more opportunities that he has right. to surprise me. That's right. So and get yourself in places yes. like that. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's land this plane because yeah. there's so much here we want to I know, see. I know. Here's the point. No matter where you have been on your spiritual journey with the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit has more for you, whether you at first time ever really hearing about him and what he wants to do, or whether you've been walking with him for years, can I tell you, there is more he has for you. And after Paul shares all of this in 1 Corinthians 12 and 13, he wraps it up at the beginning of 14 by saying this in chapter 14, verse one, follow the way of love and eagerly desire the gifts of the spirit. Do you know that it's biblical for you to desire the gifts of the Spirit. Walk and follow the way of love and eagerly desire the way of the Spirit. So how do we do that? The first thing you have to do is you have to follow the giver. You have to follow the giver. We don't seek after the gifts. We seek after, we don't chase after gifts. We chase after the giver. And when you walk with the giver and live in the giver and let the giver live in you, man, he's gonna give you everything you need right when you need it. Because he is, He's the gift. he is the most important gift. So you got to show up where he is, right? Show up where he is and then give him full access to everything that you are. And when you, when you know that he is the treasure, when you know that he is the treasure, he will not withhold any good thing from you. And so there's a few things that, that we have going on here that, that you can show up to where he is. We've got a journey class coming up. We have our freedom encounter where many of you yes. last year were surprised by the Holy yes. Spirit. He's got some, he's got surprises and gifts waiting for you as you show up in the places where he is. All you have to do is if you just text the word extreme to 441-441, there's resources so that you can continue to pursue the Holy Spirit. You know, I was thinking, Todd, the second thing is that don't settle for less. Yeah. Don't settle for less. You know, right before Jefferson got married, um, I, I asked him, I said, hey, I wanna go on a mother-son trip with you. Where do you wanna go? And he said, you know what, mom, I really wanna go to Japan. And while we're over in that side of the world, I'd love to go to the Great Wall of China. And I am not the Holy Spirit with unlimited resources, right? <laughs> but I did, we did manage, you know, with, with some frequent flyer miles to go to Arizona and have some Chinese food. But this is the point, right? This is the point. He knew, yeah. he knew okay. that he could ask for, for more. more. Yeah. And what I want you to hear today is don't miss out because you don't ask. You can ask yeah. for more. Don't settle for just the little bit, the, the $5 video game when the Holy Spirit has so much more for you. Eagerly desire the gifts of the Spirit. And that word actually means to be jealous for, to, to want with envy the gifts that God has for you. Why would he tell us that? Except that he wants to give that to you. 
So we wanna, we wanna wrap up this series, which is really just the beginning point for your journey with the Holy Spirit for many, many of you by praying over you. So I'm gonna ask that you stand right where you are. I wanna pray over you. And I want to then lead you in a very bold prayer that I believe is gonna open you up to everything the Holy Spirit wants to do in your life. If you're comfortable just extending your hands out in a posture of receiving as we pray. Holy Spirit, we thank you for being with us today. We thank you for revealing yourself to us today. And we pray that you would fill every person with your presence and your power here today. Holy Spirit, we pray that you give us um, ears to hear the still small voice of your spirit speak and to direct and to guide we pray that you fill our mouths with prophetic utterances, words that need to be spoken and declared by us over situations and over people. We open ourselves up to you. And right after me, would you just pray this prayer out loud after me? Just say, pray, come Holy Spirit. Come Holy Spirit. I give you permission, I give you permission to, do the things I've never seen before, to do the things I've never seen before, to work in my life, to work in my life like you never have before. Like you I open myself completely to you. I open myself completely to you. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Thank you again for spending time with us today. If you're looking to take a step in discovering the more that God has in store for you, just text the word podcast to the number 441-441 and select the option that applies to you. And if you enjoyed this message, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. A special thanks to those of you who generously give to all that God is calling us to do together. It's because of you that everything that we do is possible. We'll see you right back here for next week's message.